everyone. Today on What's My Frame, I'm chatting with the Southeast premier talent agents and real-life couple, Don and George Landrum of Landrum Arts. I know firsthand just how invested Don and George are in their clients' successes. I myself have been a proud Landrum actor for over six years. You'll hear just a few examples in today's episode of why they are so special, and how once you're a Landrum actor, you'll spend the rest of your career trying to find like-minded, dedicated, and compassionate members for your team. Outside of running the agency, George and Don also have a successful production company. In 2009, they opened GeoLand Films with the intention of keeping actors working even in the slow seasons. Please join me in welcoming Don and George to the show. Welcome, Don and George, to What's My Friend. Hi, good to be here. Hey. Hey. Could you tell us a little bit about how you guys started your own successful agency and why it was important to you guys to start an office? Um, it all happened around the Hurricane Katrina. Um, at the time, I was a professional commercial photographer and I was hiring actors around the Southeast to be my subjects for my commercial photography. And most of them were actors because I couldn't get models to sit around a kitchen table for a Bell South ad looking like they're laughing and crying with their family. But I could get actors to do that. Um, so after working with them for a few years, many of them asked me to become their agent because I was getting them so much work, but I was reluctant. I grew up in California and basically I was familiar with agents and I didn't want to do all of that. It just wasn't in me. I didn't think, um, then when hurricane Katrina hit, there became a great need. Um, all of the productions moved from the coast to the North where we are. And casting directors just started calling my house. And so my kids answered the phone saying, Mom, we have a sign from God that you need to do this. I know firsthand how much that the office is a family business and very hands-on and a supportive agency, unlike some. Um, was that intentional when you set out to start the office or is it something that just organically happened just because of who you guys are? Kind of organically happened because that's the way we, when we did decide to actually do this, um, you know, we intended to find, you know, actors who are good people first. Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, we intended to treat them, you know, like family. You know, I mean, that's, we want to look out for them. We care about them. We wanted people that we would truly enjoy working with and that we would grow to care about. And we got in this, you know, um, I say the Hurricane Katrina really twisted our arm and actually made the decision for us. But we started seeing that actors were not always treated the way that we felt that they should be treated. And because we care about people, you know, George used to be in law enforcement and most of the things that I was ever part of had to do with dealing with people of all different walks of life. And we started noticing that some people were really getting taken from granted. And we just said, you know what, we're going to take care of as many as we can. And so everyone just kind of becomes family. And that's one thing we really liked about the South, because that's one reason why we didn't relocate back to where I was raised in California. Mm -hmm. South has this family nature to it. You can see people in Walmart, there'd be 10 people in line and everyone's gonna talk to each other. <laughs> yes. And so that's, we just all, you know, you just become family with the people that you work with on a regular basis. 
Yeah, it's a much different sense of community, I think, back in the Southeast market versus LA or New York. It's very different in a positive way. All right, just for fun, what is it like working with your significant other? For anyone that doesn't know that's listening, you all are a married couple. I was like, wait, I've known y'all for years, so funny you might not know that. <laughs> yeah, we we've actually been we've actually been a couple since we were sixteen years old. Now that I didn't know you guys were high school sweethearts. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we actually we actually attended rival schools <laughs> and met and started dating when we were sixteen and then got married right out of high school. And, oh my goodness. And then uh but yeah, that working was working together is really cool to me. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I mean we have an office that has offices within it. Mm -hmm. and so there's there's three offices lined up that are alongside each other and there's actually one between the two of ours so we're not banging on each other's wall on a regular <laughs> on a regular daily basis but i mean we often get out of our desk and go and walk into the other person's office with one thing or another and sometimes it's just to get the other one some refreshments or just to see if the other one's having a better day or you know yeah. We all have good days and bad days, but I think when you work with someone you really love and care about, you're going to be a little bit more careful about the way that you say and do things. Well, and with, with us working together in the same industry, we, we understand what the other is dealing with on a daily basis. Yeah. Now, do you find that you guys work pretty evenly on all aspects of the agency, or do you guys feel like that one area is somebody's expertise and they really like geek out and get excited about it versus another. Um, well, when we, when we decided to actually structure having multiple agents in our agency, we had a choice of how we were going to do it. A lot of, a lot of agencies will actually assign certain actors to one agent mm -hmm. and then that's how it goes. But we wanted to be different. We wanted to utilize the talents that each of us has in the most positive way. So we decided that we all of our agents would handle all of our actors and everyone just used their best um, talents towards that. For example, I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. I mean, anybody could walk in my front door, you know, and I would be fine with talking to them. I wouldn't feel uncomfortable. I'm happy to pitch to the, I mean, I don't care if it's to Spielberg himself. I'm not gonna be shy about that. There you go. And so um, I'm, a, I'm the salesman sort of person. I'm the go-getter that'll jump in there, who gets to know the people, who gets to know all of my actors and all the people I'm going to be pitching them to. And I'm not afraid to do that. So that was, that's me, I'm the pitch agent. I'm the one that gets them interested in my actors. Mm -hmm. And I let George takes over after that. Part of it is I handled the scheduling of the auditions when casting makes their choices from Dawn's pitches. Yep. and they send us the audition requests, then I handle the, the scheduling, I handle formatting the the announcements, getting those out to the actors. I also handle the technical aspects of uh, processing the video auditions when they come in, checking them for quality control, whatever, and then uploading them to casting, uh, handling callbacks, callback scheduling, and mm -hmm. then when we do get a booking, then I hand it back over to Dawn, and then she handles negotiating the deal. Because I am also a whiz at contracts. So, you know, 
I start it and finish it, and he handles all of the meat in the middle. Being a part of the Landrum team, you are a part of you guys' extended family. It's what it feels like. And I've had several agents through my career, and you guys, it just, it's, it's different. And I, I don't think unless you've actually worked with you guys firsthand, and that applies to both actors and casting directors, it's just, it's a different experience. It's like, it leaves you with a smile on your face. It's a real positive, the way that you guys do conduct your business. Well, we hope so. <laughs> and, and it's easy when we deal, it's easy when we're dealing with people like you who, who like being a part of that family. Yeah. It, it makes, it makes things much more natural for us that we're not having to try to force a, mm. you know, a relationship, you know, a business only relationship when, when we truly care about each other. Yeah. Then we're gonna work both sides are gonna work extra hard to to get the whole team where we wanna be. One hundred percent. Um going off of that, mm -hmm. I wanna talk about casting profiles, breakdown services specifically. What do you guys feel are the important materials for actors to have on their theatrical profiles? Um, okay, so you're talking breakdown services, actors access specifically. Yeah. Um, so what I like to call your pitch package, um, that is your ammunition. And yeah. the ammunition that you will give that agent, the more you give them, the more people they could actually reach. So I, for one, um, I always say you have to have, have a headshot on there that's going to display um, all of the different role types that you're capable of doing and show that character in that headshot. Your headshot is going to be your very first initial interest that a cast that's going to grab the casting director before anything else. They're going to see that headshot. So if they're looking for the next nurse or doctor on Grey's Anatomy, they're going to want to see something in the headshot that I use in pitching you that can convince them instantly that that person fits on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. So the more you give me to choose from, instead of two different pictures, I have one theatrical, not smiling, and I have one commercial that is smiling, and we're both wearing the same shirt, and we both are basically the same picture, but we're one smiling, one's not. That's not usually substantial enough. So adequate amount of photos that can convince and grab their attention first. Then second to that, we'll go with reels. Yeah, uh, reels or, or clips. More, more and more they're wanting to go with the clips because it's easier for them to pick. And it's easier for your agent as well. It, yeah. It's easier because if the character is a comedic character that they're looking for, they don't need a two minute reel where they're watching a minute and 45 seconds worth of drama uh -huh. and mystery for that 15 seconds of comedy. Absolutely. If we can give them just that 15 seconds of comedy right up front, bam, they're going to click on it, they're going to watch it, and great, good to go. If we give them a two-minute reel and the comedy's what they're looking for and it's at the end and they're, they sit, may sit through, you know, 30 seconds of a reel and if they don't see any comedy, they're not going to keep watching it. No, they're going to quit. They don't have time. They, they just don't have time to waste doing that. You can't misrepresent yourself. One thing, and I'm going to say one reason why our agency did so well, really right off the bat and has continued to do so well, is reputation. Your mm -hmm. reputation of honesty and quality are so important. And that's something that we as Landrums 
have insisted upon and, and others that didn't want to follow that they weren't with us very long. You know, your, your name is who you are and that's what you're going to leave with people when you go, not just go from agency, but go from this earth. You know, you, you leave with them a lasting impression of what you did and said. And so whatever, you know, whatever agency anyone might be with, be mindful that you are representing them when you, you know, when you say I can do this, then you're putting them on the spot. You better be able to follow through on it. Absolutely. And I think it's where I've talked to several casting directors for the podcast here and, you know, experiences in the room myself. You're not just going in there to book that job. You're going in search of booking that room and building relationships so that you are someone that they're they're contacting your representatives and they're looking for you next go round next project that they come up with. And that and that's very common. With us. We we get uh, we've got a couple of producers that we deal directly with on every project they do. Mm-hmm. They will send Dawn the script before they ever release a breakdown on breakdown services. They'll send Dawn the script. And she'll say, hey, give me some ideas of who you got for these roles. Wow. Because, because of the relationship that we've built with them and that our actors have built with him, um, with these guys over the over the years, they have proven themselves to be professionals. They've, you know, they've helped elevate everyone in the agency to that level. They, you know, they give the impression that everyone within the agency is going to be as professional as these that they've already worked with. So now they're comfortable just coming straight to Dawn and saying, Hey, you know, before we release a breakdown, we want to go ahead and look at your people and, you know, see, see where we go from there. Yeah. Besides giving your reps the absolute best tools to pitch and work with, what are the other things that actors can do to make their reps job easier or more efficient? I would go with networking and knowing what you what you present yourself as to be true. So you need to constantly be studying and be ready. Be ready. If you don't know the business of this business, you're not ready. Go back to look at your profile on Actors Access Breakdown Services. Look at that profile. You know, it's got all those little click boxes for all kinds of different uh, skills and special talents and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Start filling out those boxes. If you don't know how to do something, use some of your downtime to learn how to do one of those things. And I think it speaks to the time that we are currently in. Hollywood is more diverse. There's more shows and streaming platforms than ever, and it, it's opening up all of these opportunities for new types and differently able people and different skill sets and different personality and tones of shows so it's even more so than even two years ago important to be uniquely you and if there's something you want to learn by all means use this time to like geek out and learn it absolutely yeah there is no excuse with the amount of information and the ease of accessing information that we have now to not be 100 percent prepared before you step on set or in the audition room Amen. Now, you guys represent a number of successful children actors. For all of the tiny dreamers that are listening with their parents, hint, hint, with their parents, um, what advice do you have for someone that's under 18 and considering going into acting full time? Like the important materials to have in place, 
the things to think about that this is a job and they are they are still children but they would be asked to be doing a job well um the child needs to study up on it actually um like look at some interviews and some uh stuff of other child actors and listen to them talking about the stuff that they're going through on set some of the stuff that they've had to do the parents also need to study up on what is going to be required of a child actor what kind of commitment is it going to mean for the parents because you know a lot of times we have run into uh you know the child really wants to do this you know this is their dream and whatever but then it's like you know, it's like pulling teeth getting the parents to take them to an audition it's like oh well i can't get off work oh well they're dead they're with their dad this weekend oh this oh that mm -hmm. it's like you no know, this is something you need to sit down as a family to begin with yeah is this something the child really want to do wants to do or is this something the child wants to do today but soccer season starts next month and they're going to want to be you know the star soccer player yeah yeah, that that's one of the main things you know is the child needs to you know needs to really look inside themselves and find out is this what i really want to do or am i going to miss you know playing soccer with my friends am i going to miss all this because there's a lot that if you're going to commit to being an actor you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff with your friends yeah. but you're going to be making new friends on set uh-huh and we generally look for kid actors um, that want to do this more than their parents want them to do this because they're they're the children that wake up in the morning and this is all they think about because this is their calling and their parent is basically there for a support system and you know to help make sure that they're safe and that they that they have the resources they need to get where they need to go and to know the basics of it I mean it's, I also find that it's very helpful to let the child know the business of it. You know, we often talk in my office with the child and the parent about money, you know, how the checks come in. I show the actor, you know, the actor child their check when it arrives. That way they get to see how much goes into the Akugan account. Um, and then I tell mom, if you don't have a manager already set up, mom is going to be your manager. So expect to pay mom back what they've invested in getting you that audition because sometimes they're paying for a studio to film that audition they paid for the wardrobe to go there uh, if they had to travel to take them to the actual shoot yeah. all this stuff needs to be paid back yeah. um, and you know when you're really up front with children and their parents and they all share all that information there's a mutual respect and there's an understanding when there's a problem is when they keep certain things from each other and then later on that we find that parents have trouble with their child and then they they get me in the middle of it would you please take care of blah 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 because he's not listening to me <laughs> now that's not what we mean about being an extended member of the Landrum family i end up being like a family therapist sometimes because i'm in the middle of a fight between a kid who is now a teenager Ooh. and his parent and i'm like look i I told you guys this from the beginning. Yeah. So it's all about, you know, communication is really important and children should not be talked down to just because they're young. There mm -hmm. are some things that we definitely need to shield them from, especially on sets. 
that have sensitive materials and uh, content. Uh, definitely, we do want to protect the young ones from anything that could be considered dangerous or, um, you know, something that might give them nightmares at night. At night. We don't want that. We don't want to give them an overburden of stress at their young age, too. Because okay. most of the children that we represent are straight-A students. Yeah. And, you know, they can handle they can handle a workload of a career on top of school, and it's not difficult for them. School is very important. Uh, there are a number of actors who become homeschooled because you know they're on set so many times that their absences alone would cause them to fail a grade. And if they homeschool it, then they're not ever missing a day of school. Whereas there's others that go to public school and they still maintain their grades while they're on set. Um, it's just a case-by-case -case scenario. There's so many things that a parent needs to know and look into and read about before they ever approach an agent. Yes. Now, for actors of all ages, going off of that, um, preparing their materials, what are essential to a good pitch when submitting to an agent? And what are the important things to share when or if you get a meeting? Once, you know, the quarantine and everything's lifted and business starts back, what are things that stand out to you coming from adult actors that are submitting? Uh, stand out in a good way or a bad way? Oh, I mean, we could go either direction. You want. <laughs> well, if you're sending pictures, make sure you have clothes on. Stop it. You've not received nudes. Oh, you would be surprised. Do they not realize what kind of agency you are? <laughs> Another thing, do your homework and know your audience. Yeah, <laughs> number one. Be the road. Your audience. Oh yeah, yeah. You you would definitely be surprised at some of the pitches we've gotten from potential actors. We don't like it when an actor simultaneously submits to others at the same time they're submitting to us. Most bigger agencies will totally just delete the email. And I have to say, I've done the same thing. It is in one of our rules, do not simul simultaneously submit when you're submitting to us. What that means is, that means the actor needs to know the agency and did their homework about the agency and found that agency a good fit for what they feel that their career is, it, where their career is now and where it's going. It doesn't mean that they just found a bunch of agents' names and contact information and sent to a hundred at the same time, and then just hopes one of them like spaghetti against the wall sticks. Yeah. yeah because we have, we have gotten emails where there were, you know, 20 other agencies CC'd in the same email. Not even blind copy. Not even blind copy, just CC'd. Well, we got, we got the email addresses for all these other agencies on this email. I'm usually the one that replies to that too because usually <laughs> they send it to the incorrect email which is our business email which is not allowed and because we have a new talent we have a process most agents have a procedure for submitting and if you don't take the time to know what that is that agency is not going to pay attention to you because that shows that you're not going to take the time in anything that they're going to do for you in the future. Absolutely. So when they send me that, along with all those other agents, I write them the letter back and I copy on CC all of the other agents and let them see what I reply. And most of them say what she said. <laughs> most of them copy all what she said because it's like, 
do not do not approach an agent in this manner. This is not how you do it. You follow their protocols and their procedures, yeah. and that's the way you do it. And ours is we're very strict. Um, we have two different new talent division emails. One of them's for VIPs, those that were referred by people that uh, or their um, more star quality already, and um, the other is for everybody else. And we have a new talent division agent that does that screening for us we don't take time to do that ourselves we're too busy getting you guys auditions and work yeah the, the main thing is do your homework on the agent that you're wanting to or agent or manager that you're wanting to apply to do your homework on them. know who you're talking to and you know really single out the one that you want and concentrate on them until you get a no and then move to the next one um we've gotten <laughs> I, this one sticks out in my mind that got this email, dear Chris, I'm like, hmm. okay, I can obviously tell this guy's just sending out and just copy and pasting, cut and pasting different names. And he screwed up and sent me one that was for somebody named Chris. Yeah. So that tells me right away. He's, you know, he's not drilling down. He's sending out blanket to a bunch of different people and you know not really just focusing and that's the thing it's it's you know another thing we do look for is you know the resume you know the real the resume um letters of recommendation uh -huh. um, so know. we're we're so hard that um <laughs> There was this one actor who tried to get us to sign with him for a long time. I mean, it was like several months and his resume, all he had was like background work, you know, and at the time, this was after we were already um, really into this for like, I think it was like a fourth year and we were just taking the best of the best at that point. We didn't need to seek out new talent. We had a great talent pool. Stars were signing with us and he just kept sending and all he had on his resume were, um, background extra stuff so really nice guy i mean great guy he knows exactly who i'm talking yeah. about really great guy yeah so the next thing we know is our um <laughs> our assistant brings us this manila envelope from was it lucas films lucas films <laughs> and lucas films wrote us a letter telling us why we should give this young man a chance wow. because this young man actually is one of the choreographers that helps teach um lightsaber fencing um to the actors who are playing on star wars and have to deal with lightsabers and oh so my goodness. Like, i knew how to get my attention <laughs> into star wars and so is george and so we're like okay so we took a meeting with him and he actually came to town to meet with us and we ended up signing him and he has, he's had some great bookings yeah he's, he's booked some great roles since then but you know, we we insisted, even though he had that um, great recommendation that got his foot in the door with us, we still insisted that he follow all of the same protocols everybody else has to. He had to have his resume formatted correctly. We needed to get his resume built up to where he could get rid of all that background extra work and, and replace it with speaking role work. And we encouraged him to change up the way that he had his special skills because he actually had more special skills that he could do than he did great credits and that was also of interest to several productions the things that he could do outweighed some of the things that he couldn't do and so um gradually we helped him do all of that 
and he's still with us. He's been with us for several years now. We're all uh, navigating some brand new territory in the industry, and who knows what the next reincarnation of Hollywood will actually look like, but what are some things that actors can be focusing on right now to improve their craft? I'm going to go right into one thing that really set our Landrum actors to where they didn't feel like they were just spinning out of control was the fact that before anyone even signs with us now, they have to prove to us that they could do a really quality uh, video audition. Mm. And so what's been going on um, in the industry now that we're noticing on every breakdown and even open calls is they're asking for video auditions. Yeah. And when, it, when a casting director contacts me and says, I don't want these people going to studios, what do they do? And I'm like, my people aren't going to studios. But the auditions look so good. We make them learn how to do that. We give them the instructions from the beginning to make sure that they can do that before they sign with us. Virtual bookings, virtual callbacks. We actually started virtual callbacks way, gosh, years ago when, what was that? What was that movie that we booked um, Ian Patrick on when he was a little kid? Wonderlust, maybe? I'm trying to think of what it was, but there was a project in Georgia and one of our actors was actually in Texas and his mom was going through some like back um, surgery. So they couldn't get him to his callback. And so I said, at the time, Skype was the thing. So I suggested Skype because they really wanted him, but they had to see him in person. And so it was, he, his was one of our very first Skype callbacks that we were able to do. And so we all, we, he made that happen. We got this going and, um, George and me, back then, um, Skype was a lot slower than it is nowadays. You know, now it's just like talking and no, no delays or anything. Yeah. But back then, we just have um, Skype with us first to make sure it works. George is really good about doing these test Skypes. And nowadays, with technology the way it is, you know, we do have kind of a, a plus with our agency because we've already got all of our actors have been rolling with the technology as we up it. And every year, we're upping our, our technology. So. Um, yeah, I think just no technology for one thing. Our actors have to have that kind of communication ability and they've got to keep it up to speed. And the ones that don't do very well usually are the ones that really haven't been able to do that. Yeah. Now, I'm sure with all of the amazing actors that you have booked over the years, there's tons of stories, but is there one that you helped bring from breakdown to booking that just as especially memorable or just a like in hindsight you don't even know how they booked it because like the odds were against them or it was just like this just miraculous process to get a cast i'm gonna do one and i'll let george do one of his favorites if, if wonderful to, but there's there's so many of those there's, i know there's probably I mean, too many i'm always thinking outside the box and um maybe i'll throw a, a few quick ones at you um we represent a little person uh, they like they prefer to be called lps um and there was a role calling for a full-size caucasian drug dealer who had to be very intimidating and he had to have a southern flair to him and um we had this little person just recently read for a very similar role he was so badass that i was like i'm gonna think outside the box here and i'm gonna submit him for this and sure as shit, and he booked it over all these adult, scary-looking, you know, guys that normally book that. 
Yeah. And then another one from booking to um, that might be even more interested to some people is um, um, I'm going to start with Brighton Charbonneau. She um, was a little girl um, about, I think she was about nine, 10, 10 years old. And um, the role that I submitted her for on The Walking Dead was meant for a male. So thinking outside the box there, um, we had her audition and then talked to the casting directors about it. And, um, you know, they just weren't finding what they were looking for in the boys. So um, we ended up auditioning her. She had, I mean, this went, this was a big process because this was multiple, multiple season character. And um, we dealt with casting directors local, regionally, and out of California for this one. This one took so long because for one thing, the show is, you know, anybody that knows The Walking Dead knows that it has a lot of uh, serious content and there's a lot of violence and there's blood and, you know, fake stuff and zombies and, you know, her character in specific um, called for the child to be messed up in the mind a little bit um, to where she didn't understand what killing was because when you, when they died, they just got back up again, you know, because yeah. it's about zombies. So one thing that I really respected um, the network and the writers on is before they would even um, hire her, they actually set up um, counseling and um, an interview with some child therapist specialists to make sure that she could tell the difference between real and, and make-believe and that she was going to be okay with know, you know, knowing that this stuff wasn't real because they did not want to traumatize a child. Amazing. That was impressive to me. I mean, the, the process was quite lengthy before they booked her. Um, it, you know, from start to finish, you know, you've got these little girls. Uh, we end up representing um, the little girl that played her sister on the show. She ended up booking it and the little girl that ended up playing her sister on the show for the Mika role. Um, she, they ended up, having role, a role situation as time went on in the series that uh, Brighton's character ended up killing her sister because she felt like um, if her sister was unhappy that she would never be unhappy again. So this is why they took so much time with that child. You know, they wanted to make sure that both children could handle that. And um, they really didn't have to um, go through the icky stuff that you see on the show. Yeah. They didn't have to see all the stuff we saw. Uh -huh. character would chase around zombies and play tag with them and stuff. You know, there was, you know, so you could see the psychological aspect that could have been there. Yeah. Um, I think but I'd say that probably really launched her career big time. Yeah. And that's so notable that the production and the casting directors and you all and her parents, everybody was on the same page to protect that creative mind and that little, that little creative. And I think that that says volumes about everybody that was in that team. And then also it's a direct result of why she's growing her career now is because everybody took care of her. And I think that's so important for young performers that they need more people that are helping lift them up. Um, not just trying yes, to and the parents it. knew you know the parents knew what type of child she was in the first place uh -huh. 
this is a girl that was born and raised in Texas, you know, she, she's around hunting and fishing and stuff like that on a regular basis. So she wasn't, she, she wasn't real girly girly anyway. Um, you wouldn't know that by looking at her now. She's like this Barbie beautiful thing, you know, she's a teenager now. Uh, but, you know, there's some children that when they, they just grow up and you know, from even infancy that this is a, child that has got more of an old soul yeah. and can handle some dialogue and and they could just handle life differently yet you, then you've got this other one that's a pure lamb that you're afraid to even show them a spider because it's it might make them cry yeah you know and so you have to as parents they need and agents too everyone involved needs to be very mindful of each person each child's mind and the way that they receive information, process information and respond to it. Yeah, and there, there's just so much more to it than I just want my child to be an actor. Yeah. You have to know what they're okay with and what they're not. And as an agent, I have to take a lot of responsibility for kind of grilling the parents before I am okay with the child going into a role that might involve killing another child. Yeah. You know, there's just a lot involved and there's a lot of responsibility, but those are kind of some interesting stories. I love to think outside the box, box and pitching. One of my favorites is actually not one of the largest roles we ever booked, but it led to a first. Jay is actually, his character David is the first, has the distinction of being the first one to ever get two in memoriams. He got it in memoriam when he was killed as David, and then again when he was killed as a zombie. You have to kind of know The Walking Dead to know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I will be honest, I have not watched many episodes because it is a little violent for my taste. Oh, it is, it is. Oh, and then there's uh, Sam Medina, who was half Vietnamese and half Hispanic. And um, there was a movie, the Kickboxer series, uh, Kickboxer. Oh, yeah. Um, it used to be Jean-Claude Van Damme was like this, back in the 80s, he was like like the uh, muscles from Brussels, is that what they yeah. call them? Um, and, and he's this Caucasian guy, and he's this karate dude. Well, they re did a remake of the Kickboxer series, and Sam Medina, who is, you know, a mix of um, Vietnamese and Hispanic, is also an MMA fighter and just an amazing actor. And we booked him in the role of Crawford, um, which called for total Caucasian, but because his acting was so amazing and um, we got him, we got them to look at him through different eyes, he booked it. He wow. got, he got the lead, one of the lead roles on there. And then when they did the second kickboxer, he was just given um, an offer for that one. So, you know, sometimes it just has to do with thinking outside the box and cool, cool story on that one too, is he, he plays Dave Batista's brother. He's, uh, Dave Batista is like this big, uh, fighter champion guy and, and Sam Medina is his brother and also acts as his hype man at the fights. And Dave Batista actually came out, went to the director and said, Hey, I think my brother should actually be doing all this talking and building me up and hyping me up. So Sam actually wound up with a lot of Dave Batista's lines. Wow. Because Dave Batista thought it would work better for the for the story and for you know 
Sam was doing such a great job at that character. He's like, no, Sam needs to be saying this stuff, not me. And had Sam not been a great actor, he yeah. would not have gotten that. No. Yeah. Because he had pages of dialogue they threw him on set. And wow. he, when I told the casting director he is the real deal, she trusted me and she mm -hmm. trusted Sam. And, you know, they knew there was always possibility of that kind of thing happening. And he was not put, you know, we often see actors on set that are booked for one role that get pushed, moved to another one. Often it is one of our actors replaces one that couldn't bring what they needed to bring. You know, maybe production hired somebody that they knew and they maybe aren't cutting it. So they're going to hand it over to a better actor. Yeah. And those are the best stories to me when an actor books a role that maybe not originally be as big as it ended up being. And that that's that one just snowballed into, I mean, if, again, if Sam wouldn't have been as good an actor as he was, Dave Bautista wouldn't have trusted him. He wouldn't have got that role, which led to a remake, which led to more roles. Then he's on Venom, and then he's on Mile 22, and then he's on Alita Battle Angel. Just got through filming another movie uh, with Hugh Jackman. So one thing leads to another. And Sam's probably one of the biggest. And now he's also a director. Yep. So, yeah. Wow. Besides helping actors realize their dream, what is one of your favorite parts about your job? I like protecting them. I know that might sound really weird, but there are so many snakes out there they look at everything as uh, money and they want to see how much they can get from you uh, george and me um, attend a lot of industry functions where we're having expos and uh, conventions and such that is you know and you're eating dinner at the same table with really huge agents and managers around the country and casting directors producers writers and you hear about how some of them talk about their talent. You know, I remember hearing one from New York talking about, I don't care. I don't even like him, but he's making me money sort of thing. And I just look at George and he looks at me and we're like, I couldn't imagine working in a, you know, with an attitude like that. And a lot of times we've actually, um, you know, because of what we are and who we are, we've been able to really stand tall for our actors that got into some pretty precarious situations on set. and. I'll never forget this one production I'm not going to mention. Um, my actor was hired, one of my actresses was hired to be um, a supporting, uh, it kind of was supposed to be a kind of a quicker supporting role because she dies in the project, but um, with a major star, the major star of the movie. And the casting director and I had a conversation, the role, she was supposed to be a hooker. Um, she did have a name, so she wasn't just hooker number so-and-so. Yeah, and we I talked to the casting director. I'm like, I know the types of films this guy does. Are you sure this isn't going to be one of these rated R scenes? And and they said, and the casting director was clearly told there's no nudity, there's no sex, none of that. Maybe maybe a kiss here and there, but that's that's not the gist of what they need on film for this plot line. Mm -hmm. And so I still had my suspicions, and I knew that the actor that I booked was, she was one of these lambs. Now she was over 18, she was probably 22 at the time. I still knew her and she wasn't the type who could speak up for herself. So I actually hired Amber Dawn to be on set with her that day. I said, I need you to be there as an assistant for me to be eyes and ears. 
because I have a feeling, I know the script already, and I have a feeling that this could go another direction, and she won't know how to speak up for herself, and this girl would not, did not feel comfortable about showing anything, doing anything, and, and no writers were signed or anything to give permission for any of those things, and so Amber ends up texting me, all's going well, then all of a sudden it starts changing, the scene was not playing out believably, they wanted her to take one thing off and then another thing off and then this and that. And so Amber Dawn's like, this is getting out of control. They're not listening to me. My, the, you know, she could tell the actress was getting uncomfortable. This little actress would have just done whatever they told her to and then cried afterwards. Yeah. We knew this. We promised her that we would help take care of her. So I ended up, um, Amber Dawn told me, um, I need you to come to set. They're not listening to me. And the director was there, the producer was there, my actor was there, um, the star wasn't on set at the time, but they told me the situation and what it needed. And I was able to come up with a compromise that protected my actress. You know, it's not always, protection isn't always about attacking somebody who's bringing something to someone that you want to defend. It's just coming up with a solution to where everybody can you know work together happily and protecting actors is my thing that's my thing george might have a different thing that's his favorite thing <laughs> my thing that i really enjoy probably the most about this is the people i meet mm, yeah. i mean you know over the past you know 15 years i enjoy meeting people and the thing is i enjoy meeting the unknowns that are cool people I enjoy meeting them just as much as I enjoy, you know, the meeting some of the Academy Award-winning actors that I've met. I just, you know, I, I just really enjoy meeting and getting to know people. And, you know, that that for me probably is is you know the most fun, especially when when we get to have just you know sometimes chance meetings or just short little get-togethers like the one we had in the airport that time, where we both just happened to be flying, you know, switching planes in the same airport. Yeah. And, you know, we get to have a real quick little get-together. I mean, those are the things that I really enjoy. Those are the things that I that I remember and that, that keep me going in this. Yeah. All right, well, I think that just speaks volumes to who you both are as people first, caring people. And then second, agents. Um, it's not. It's not about the money for you both. It's. It's very clear. It's about the people and their success. Oh, no, we we were making much better money when she was a commercial photographer. <laughs> and it was a lot easier, <laughs> you know. And it was fun too. But this is this is a mission, and it feels very rewarding. You know, you can go to bed at night saying, "I helped this happen. I made this person smile and I prevented this disaster." You know, and there's you're working with so many people when you're doing this that you have to learn to have a thick skin, but you do. And you just learn how to deal with different types of people. And you know if someone's yelling at you that someone's yelling at them. And you just, you know, you learn to how people are and it, and it helps you to get along in your daily life every day. Now we've already touched a little bit on self tapes and the elements that are important, you know, clean backgrounds, excellent sound, lighting. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more self tapes as the industry picks back up. Um, and I want to talk specifically about slates. 
on the self-tape. Um, besides the obvious of, you know, following those directions to a T, because almost every project has slightly different instructions of what they're looking for. How do you think is the best way to make them? Do you think it's better to show a little personality? Do you think it's better to be very basic and just straight to camera, slate your name? Um, often I think actors feel like it's very one-sided um, when they do their slate because it's, you know, they're not engaging with the reader or something and wanting to find a, a more personal way to slate. Well, this, uh, some of that goes back to what I touched on a little bit earlier is uh, know, you know, know the project, mm -hmm. know the casting director. Um, you know, that's where, you know, until you, you know, have a chance to actually get in front of one live, you know, a, a specific one, you know, if say you're auditioning in front of the Finn Cannons, they may, you know, your chemistry with them might be different than your chemistry was with say Ryan Glorioso or Megan Lewis or uh, Liz Coulon. Yeah. Each, each one, you know, they have their own personalities and you may have different, if you've never got to meet each one, at least get to know a little bit about them. More and more of them lately are saying, you know, at the end of your slate, tell us a little bit about yourself. Before you roll the camera on that slate, have a pretty good idea of what you're going to say about yourself. Short and sweet, something memorable that's going to stick in their head. Yeah. You know, you want, you want to be that one that really stands out. All right. Now, last question that we ask everyone on the What's My Friend podcast, what is one thing you wish you could go back and tell your younger self? <laughs> I kind of know this right off the bat. I was way too uptight as a kid. I was the kind of kid on a playground that instead of playing, I was hanging out with the teachers. I had an old soul. I didn't take risks. I was always afraid of getting into trouble. I would just tell myself to loosen up and to go ahead and go for it. I probably would have told myself, be more responsible, especially with finances. Mm. And for an actor, that's also very, very important. Well, I cannot thank you both enough for joining me today on the show. I, you, you guys know had a high opinion I have of both of you and I just really appreciate you sharing that warmth and insight and just heart for actors with everybody that's listening so thank you so so much well, thank, well, thank you. you for inviting us we really really had fun hi everyone thanks for listening and to my guests today Don and George Landrum if you enjoyed the show please rate review and subscribe so you won't miss an episode and tell a friend our goal at What's My Frame is to encourage, educate, and inspire our creative community. You can also follow us on Instagram at What's My Frame for daily blogs, industry updates, and weekly giveaways. I'm Laura Linda Bradley, and this is What's My Frame.